You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brentus Wealth, and Brentus Wealth has been voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020, and is regularly in the top three and four. With me from Brentus Wealth today to talk about a difficult subject, not difficult to understand, but difficult to stomach, uh, is Rene Egar from Brentus Wealth, of course, and it's about recession. Now, Rene, you sent me a piece, thank you for that, and it says, what is a recession? And immediately I thought, well, if she's sending me that, she must think that there is a recession coming. Is that the case? Hi, Lindsay. So firstly, thank you for having me on your podcast again. It's a pleasure. Um, it's been a while. I titled my, my email, The R Word. And it's almost like it's a swear word. So yes. at the moment, recession, everybody's talking about it. And just to describe in, in layman's terms what a recession is, is basically the slowing down of, of general economic activity. Okay. So it's classified as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And let's just, and, let's just quantify that if you would, Renee. When you say negative growth, I mean, let's say that all the goods and services in a country, whether it be South Africa, the United States, Great Britain, wherever, if the number was 100 and from quarter to quarter, it fell from 100 to 98 and then from 98 to 96, the next quarter, that would mean a recession because you're producing less goods and services. Is that correct? That's 100%. So there are different kind of recessions, okay, and Let's say, for example, in the investment world, a technical recession, okay, is measured by a few things. Negative real growth, so that's when, you know, the economy struggles and growth slows. Then you've got payroll employment, that's when people lose jobs. Then you've got inflation-adjusted, you know, personal income rates rising, monthly pressures, which we're all feeling at the moment. That's not even to mention you know, the oil price and, and war and, and all those other things. But it's basically an overall slowing down of manufacturing sectors, the industrial sector. So that is basically how a technical recession is is measured. And sometimes it takes a full six months to manifest. So sometimes what happens is by the time, you know, it's confirmed that you're in a technical recession – it's too late. You're already you're you're already in it, and you and you you know there's no turning back. That's basically how it works. Okay, let's look historically when the last recession was, and maybe even touch on previous recessions. I don't know, but to my mind, the or in my memory rather, the last recession was two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and that recession was precipitated by the subprime loan crisis in the United States. So the housing market collapsed and then a couple of banks were under pressure, notably Lehman Brothers, and that plunged the world into a recession. But that was a sort of an event-specific recession. I think that probably the looming recession in many people's eyes is because of a, a number of factors, not just one specific factor. But uh, am I right, first of all, in saying that the last recession was 2008, 2009? Yeah, so so you're quite correct, Lindsay. Um, that was actually the most serious, let's call it, recession since the Depression in 1929. So it was severe. And, you know, like the whole world's 
banking system was in crisis. So it feels a little bit different this time in the sense that this is probably more a, you know, event-driven, let's call it, you've got inflation, which is sky high. We're coming off the back of, you know, COVID. Um, We've got the shutdown of, of China. So it feels a little bit different. But the global financial crisis recession lasted about 17 months. And if you have a look, um, uh, well, if you go back all the way to 1950, um, over 10 cycles, the average recession lasts about 11 months. So this time, I think it's more maybe inflation and pandemic induced. And I think it's it's more like a demand um, supply kind of induced recession and 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 that's where we are and i do feel that although the market has not priced in a recession as yet it's going to be a very fine line whether we get there or not i think because the data is retrospective i do think that we are going to get the worst of it in the, in the next few months and we might not go into a full-blown recession but there'll certainly be negative gdp growth certainly uh, the world bank and the oecd have intimated as such but uh, i think the big economy that we have to well there's two big economies three big economies in fact i would look at these these three blocks i'd look at the eurozone number three number two china and number one the united states what do you think will put the US into recession potentially? Okay, so I actually attended the Cape Town Investment Conference, um, the Investment Forum last week in, in Cape Town. And it's very sort of uncertain as to whether we're going to go into recession or whether the US are going to go into recession or not. And If I look at it um, from what I heard last week, I would say we're probably at a 30% chance of of going into recession. And the Fed meetings in June, July are going to be very, very telling of what actually actually happens and and whether we go go into recession. But I don't know if you saw last night, I mean, the inflation figures, they came in at 8.6% in the US. And... Before that, I think in April, they were about 8.2. Now, what happens is the market has actually priced in about a 50 basis points interest rate hike. But now it is evident that they will have to do 75 basis points. Now, immediately, the market doesn't like that. And there was a sell-off. And the S&P 500 was down about 3.5% just yesterday. So... It just goes to show you that the Fed are going to have to deal with this very carefully. If they increase interest rates too fast, it will be less disposable income for the consumer. Okay? That has a knock-on effect to GDP. And let's face it, the U.S. consumer has been paid to shop in in the recent past, and they're going to have, have to find a fine balance of how to get inflation under control without crippling the economy. And that's basically, you know, decides whether there's a recession or not. Yeah, I just want to recap on the data, the inflation data that came out of the United States at the back end of last week. It was 8.3% the previous month. And then last month, 
Uh, it came in the month of May, it came in at 8.6%, whereas the consensus was that it would be flat at 8.3%. So the market got shocked immediately. So we had a couple of really bad days. And then yesterday, the bad days continued with the NASDAQ down nearly 5%, the S&P down nearly 4%, the Dow Jones was just over 2.5% weaker. So uh, people are worrying. And also the key thing, Renee, when it comes to interest rates is the US 10-year bond market. That's the one I watch anyway. People watch the two year. I'm not clever enough to understand the difference between the two, the the curve. But anyway, it went to something like 3.35%. And don't forget that a couple of years ago, this thing was 0.7%. And it's now in the 330s. So something's going on. The market was surprised. It's almost as though they are factoring in some kind of financial crisis, whether it be a recession or stagflation or a combination of uh, a crisis, recession and stagflation. I don't know. But certainly the markets are really on edge, Renee. Totally, totally, Lindsay. And even last week, the difference between last week, Thursday, and this week, Thursday, are like chalk and cheese. Because, you know, at the investment forum, it was quite clear that the markets have not priced in for a full-blown recession as yet. And then we have something happening like, you know, the new inflation figures. And yesterday was 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 terrible on, on you know, the markets. The RAND was weak. Markets were down. It, it, it just went, everything went haywire. So totally. Okay. Now, the key point here is you think there's only a 30% chance. I, I hate disagreeing with you, Renee, because you're much cleverer than I am. But in this case, I think it may be upwards of, of 60%. Uh, but uh, we'll see. The key point is you have to be ready now for a recession should it come and you have to have your portfolio positioned accordingly or ready to be positioned if the recession does actually be confirmed. So how do you invest? How does Brenta's Wealth invest during recessionary times? Okay, so, you know, I often say to my clients, you know, that this is not the first recession, okay? People have remained invested in recessions before. And if you go look at any of the data, and a lot of it, a lot of it was put up in front of us at the investment forum last week, but a lot of the, the data shows how people have been rewarded for staying in the market when the market goes down and when the market recovers. So in other words, even through recessionary um, periods. So my whole thing is you have to stay in for the recovery, okay? Another thing, ignore the noise. Look, it's very hard nowadays with media to 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 not to take the emotion to your portfolio, but we all just need to to remain calm. And, you know, I even feel it and I preach this stuff, you know, mm. and we all look at our portfolios and we think, oh, but it, it, it's too late now. We have to stick to our strategy and carry on. You know, we deal with a lot of very, very highly skilled um, fund, man- fund managers in our portfolio. You know, you've got the likes of Franklin Templeton, Coronation 91. These guys are highly, highly skilled individuals. And at some point, you just have to try. You know, you have to trust them and you have to try and understand that they are the ones that will find you, you know, quality companies. They will source out the earnings in companies regardless of where markets are at. So in my opinion, if you have a good combination of value and growth stocks, if you have some offshore 
I obviously we always have preferred direct offshore. You know, seventy percent of of the local G- JSC is offshore. You know, so why not just invest directly offshore for a wider choice? Yes. And then another thing that's looking particularly attractive is S and P have upgraded our fiscal outlook. So SA bonds are actually you know looking quite attractive. For a steady yield, so yeah, I would I say just, just to interrupt you there on the SA bond yield, yeah, bottom line, yeah, just on the SA bond story. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, the South African ten-year bond yesterday went to just below ten point five zero percent. For goodness' sake, I mean that is um, a massive, massive move exactly. because it was a hundred basis points le- less than that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with you on the SA uh, SA bond story. Um, the other thing is. And I know you want to, to, to make your clients' money work, but occasionally do you ever say, let's just sit on the fence and let's, let the dust settle. Let things calm down a bit, Renee. Do you ever do that? So, Lindsay, um, I, I do that a lot. So I've obviously got clients that are quite um, panicked at the moment. You know, they see, their, they see their values going down, 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 especially since January, you know, when we ended December on an all-time high. And the bottom line is, who's going to tell you, like, when are you going to sell at the right time and when are you going to buy back at the right time? And those losses between those two periods can be even more detrimental to you. So, Lindsay, I would not sell out, change strategy or lock in any kind of losses at this level. You know, if a client is maybe overexposed to a sector that's not doing so well, I certainly wouldn't sell out now. I would I would say, let's give it six months, see where we are in six months. I, I'm terrified to make any of those calls right now. Everything is too far gone and it's just too volatile. And I don't want to lock in losses and and make my clients' portfolios like detrimental where we will never be able to recover those losses again. Very good advice. Renee, thank you so much for your time. That's Renee Eagle from Brentos Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.